0: Hello
1: basketball fans and welcome to the Dave and Dia podcast. Starting at center from Portland, the wily veteran Dave Decker. And at guard from Los Angeles, the
0: patron saint of rainbows and unicorns, your podcast MVP, Dia Miller. Welcome back to Dave and Dia, a Blazer's Edge podcast. I'm Dia Miller. I'm here with Dave Deckert. It's basically Wednesday. It's so late. Uh, I was uh, photographing in Los Angeles Sparks game, the WNBA team that's here. Uh, and I got on the wrong freeway to come home, so that was fun. So it's 11.15 my time, which means it's 12.15 Dave's time. We're barely functioning, but here we are. It is Wednesday.
1: I can see into the future. (laughs) Wednesday is dark.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I don't know how my brain's going to do, if I'm being totally honest. We'll see. We will see.
1: That's okay. Just ask a lot of questions and, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I have been tied up for basically the last few days and I'm a little lost as to what's going on. I know that we, you know, we've got the draft pick. I wasn't on the podcast last week. I had some stuff going on. Um, We got the seventh pick. We know that. Uh, And and that's kind of where we're at. So Dave, fill me in.
1: Well, the hot rumor right now is O.G. Ananobi, uh, small forward for the Toronto Raptors. You know much about him?
0: Uh, not a lot. I mean, enough. Okay. I, I I have feelings, I think, about it. Uh,
1: Let me fill you in then. Okay. So he's 24, well, going to be 25 when the season starts. Um He's one of those players that came up in the Raptors system kind of like Norman Powell and made quite a bit of himself in a little bit of an understated way. I mean, he was a 23rd pick in uh, 2017, okay? So he's a low first round pick. And he didn't get a ton of Playing time early, some. I mean, he he's always been around twenty minutes per game, but he's really taken on an increased role. He plays small forward, and the big developments for him. Are First of all, his offense, especially not last season, but the season before, uh, really peaked and, and really the season before that. It became a very high percentage shooter, a very efficient shooter, which is fantastic considering that he's not a first option. The other thing is, like many Toronto players, he plays defense real well. Now, the caveat is, obviously, they've been helped by that system. I mean, Pascal Siakam, that's not too bad to play alongside, right? But he's a good all-around player, good defender. He was an efficient scorer. That efficiency dropped somewhat this past season. Even though he scored more points, he's like 17 points a game. But he's being... Crowded out by Scotty Barnes, he's not happy with his role, uh, which appears to be diminishing somewhat as he gets edged out. And let's face it, if you got Siakam and Barnes as your forwards, there's not a lot of room there or not as much as there was. So there's some noise about him wanting a trade. Also, he's under contract for next season and the season after for about $17 million a year, which is really reasonable for what he does for a starting all-around small forward who has a championship pedigree. Um, and he has a player option the year after that. I assume he would exercise it so you don't get him for that third year. But he's under contract for a couple of years at a really good price.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, he's – I don't think you can necessarily go wrong. With him, um, he's a little bit taller than, if I remember correctly, he's what, 6'7"? Yeah, he's 6'7". Six,
1: 6'7". Six, six? Mm-hmm.
0: Six, so he's a little taller than, you know, the guards that we've had, uh, which gives us some height. He's he's good defensively. He's going to play small
1: forward. Is, he's not going to be a guard here, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, but even then the small yes. forwards we've had. <laughs> right. So, you know, he, he's good defensively um he is he's young uh so is this is the talk that we'd be trading the seventh pick for him is that is that the conversation here
1: yeah almost certainly and probably some sort of salary ballast i imagine so yeah uh, that but that seventh pick is going to be the key to get toronto to move this way as opposed to some other way now for them I mean, they're losing a player, but considering that they already have that player replaced, for them, that's probably a win, uh, even if the seventh pick is the major part of it, right? So that's what the Blazers would be banking on. All you Because know, if they can't use him fully, then he's not that much good to them.
0: Right. Yeah, I... I... Ah, it's so hard for me in these scenarios. I I struggle with this part of figuring things out because I'm looking at this and I'm thinking is he is he enough to like push us over the edge? I don't know. But then I also think, well, is anybody that we can get with that? I mean, is this essentially this is a this seems like a fairly solid move as far as what our options are. You know, we've heard talk about Jeremy Grant, who I'm not opposed to, but I kind of feel like this might be a better fit. Um, I, we've we've you know we've heard talks here and there. I, I like DeAndre Ayton, but I don't know that that's going to be an option. Um, I I don't know. So this, yeah, I'm not mad about this for sure. Um, you know, when when we brought in uh, Mike Schmitz, I kind of thought maybe we weren't going to. You or trade the pick? I thought maybe you're we going to keep that, um, but if we're going to trade it, this seems like a, a solid way to go.
1: Yeah, we'll get to Schmitz in a minute, but here's the thing: the the cost it would have basically is you know now you're not getting a, a better player, right? Uh, you're you're out of the DeAndre Aiton sweepstakes now probably, but as you suggest. They probably weren't in it to begin with. Uh, John Collins is probably no longer a possibility. But if you take those two away, Ananobi is a really good get and probably a better get than Jeremy Grant. Here's the thing, and, and maybe this is something that you can ponder. I like Damian Lillard, Josh Hart, and O.G. Ananobi as the small three starters. I like Anthony Simons, Josh Hart, and O.G. Ananobi as the small three starters. I'm not as fond of Damian Lillard, Anthony Simons, Josh Hart, and OG Ananobi as four no, <laughs> starters in three. So would you look at signing and trading Anthony Simons, for instance, uh, in that scenario? Or you know, I know they're not going to do it, but uh, Damian Lillard for draft picks and a power forward somewhere or something like that, because uh, you nope. still have a hole at the four, right? So if you made this move, I think you're correct that it's not sufficient in itself. But does this free up a backcourt slot I mean, the other easy out, I guess, is trading Josh Hart. But does this free up another trade that then could get you another player? So now you have two and now you've improved the roster at selected positions.
0: No, I don't think we're trading Damian Lillard. So I I don't even like talking about it because it just seems like a pipe, not a pipe dream because it's not a dream, but it just it's not it's not a realistic thing that's going to happen. And, and and Anthony Simons, I, I think we'd be dumb to trade him, especially if this maybe seems counterproductive, but especially if we're keeping Dame. Because to me, we've talked about this before, Ant is going to slide right into that spot. You know, he's learning from Dame, he's picking up on on those things, and he's going to kind of, in my opinion, be kind of an effortless transition from Damian Lillard when it's time for him to move on without disrupting, you know, the way that this team plays too much. And so to me, uh, I, I struggle with getting rid of him. Uh, you know he's young and he's talented, and I think I think that's a decision we would regret. Um, I would I would not get rid of Josh Hart, but I'd get rid of him before I'd get rid of Dame or Ant. Um, I, I don't know. I, I I don't I don't necessarily love that either. Um, this is why I'm glad this isn't my job. I'm glad I can just sit here and say, "Yep, I like this guy," and let someone else figure this all out. <laughs>
1: Yeah, if they get OG, I'm happy, but I'm wondering what the next move is. Yeah, it doesn't
0: seem like a comprehensive move. I don't see any of those guys
1: taking a backseat. I mean, you're getting OG because he's not going to take a backseat in Toronto. So he's sure not going to in Portland, right? Uh, There's no way Damian Lillard does or should be expected to if you keep him. No. So now you're down to Anthony Simons that you just re-signed as a restricted free agent for probably a boatload of money. Uh, and you got Josh Hart, who makes less. Uh, but I again, I would argue that if you're going to take advantage of Ananobi's defense, having Josh Hart start in that sh- shooting guard spot is way better than having Anthony Simons start in that shooting guard
0: I- spot. I'm not mad about that. I don't know that Ant would come off the bench, but I don't want to lose him. So well, I, I, I mean, don't know what you do with that.
1: Well, I mean, do you? Uh, let's let's throw out a name. And I'm not saying that this is realistic. I'm not. To, let's just pretend this could happen. Uh, you, re, uh, Simons is expected to re-sign within shouting distance of the salary that Julius Randall is making. So no, I, I wouldn't
0: mean, take Julius Randall over Anthony Simons. Yeah. He's I, a power I like forward. Julius Randle. I mean, he's not, I like, not a great
1: defender, but go ahead.
0: I like Julius Randle. He's actually one of my favorite players in the NBA. The you know, the Knicks are kind of my second team and and he's my favorite player on that team. Um I really like him. I really like his game, but I don't I just I just wouldn't pick him over Anthony. I think Anthony fits with this team in every way. And to me, he has a very high ceiling. Uh, he's on his way up he he doesn't feel like he's plateauing at this point and i feel like Julius Randall is a gamble uh, i think he's he's very good but i'm not sure if he's going to i, I don't know how that plays out and and uh, you know sometimes the evil you know is better than the evil you don't know and and i feel like I don't think that's really the saying. Maybe it is. But I feel like with Anthony Simons, we know him. He knows the team. He knows the way that things are done. I, I really think that that's going to be such a seamless move when when Dame is done. And so I think when you're essentially trading him for you know, what would be kind of a lateral move there, I just, I, I mean, there are different kinds of players, but they're, they're going to kind of fill the same role. And I just don't, I just don't... Mm. I wouldn't I, I wouldn't do that.
1: Yeah, I mean
0: But but if we're trading Anthony Simons, I wouldn't be mad about Julius Randle.
1: Yeah, I mean the only other thing I can think of wildly and I'm just off the top of my head is some package that sends Dame to Philadelphia. Nope. Uh Tobias Harris and nope. some other people. But nope. That's that's if you send dame back.
0: to philadelphia i'm switching to the wnba right but I, I, I'm,
1: I'm trying to think well you can watch the wnba anyway everyone should um yeah but
0: i can't i can't watch dame in philadelphia there's just I, and i don't oh i just can't even hardly stomach that i don't
1: yeah well let's put it this way i think ananobi makes a lot of sense i think the blazers should do that if they can and not the least of which is okay so you got a draft pick and, yeah, that draft pick could be 18 years old, but that draftee could also be 22 years old. And Ananobi's yeah. only 25. Now, you're right. losing three years, but you're gaining a, a guaranteed player.
0: Experience, right? Yep.
1: And, well, and also an all round player. You, you, this player doesn't need to develop. Uh, right. they, they've done most of their development already. So you trade yeah. three years of growth. That That makes too much sense not to do. They've just yeah. got to figure out a way to leverage another move.
0: And yeah, it, I don't think it's going
1: to come a player. You don't want to eat, lose, but that's, I think that's what has to happen.
0: I don't think he's, I mean, I think taking him is a no brainer, it's just what else do you do? Because that's not a full and complete solution. Um, and I just don't want to think about what else you have to do, but I have no doubt that something's going to be done. And, and if this is where the rumors are, it wouldn't surprise me if this is the direction they go. Um, yeah, not a bad thing. It, you know, it kind of brings us to Demontis Sabonis.
1: Um, I mean, yeah, but you, you're not going to be able to get him for Anfernee, I don't think, because they've already got a point guard. So that would have to be a day move too, and somebody else coming back. I mean, I'm trying to think of no. small f- or power forwards who. Are, and by the way, Demontis Sabonis would look really good on this team. I mean, he would be yeah. a really nice fit, but I don't. I don't think he's gettable for less than Dame, and the Kings would have to send back something else with him for Dame, so I don't know. And I've, I'm trying to... We can solve this Ananobi puzzle, but we might not be able to do it this week.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it unfolds. I think we'll, you know, we'll, we'll kind of keep at it. Um, Mike Schmitz, who I mentioned, the Blazers have hired. Uh, this is this is an interesting one. I don't know a ton about him. Uh, I know that he's a, a um draft analyst so you know he brings some some knowledge on this topic uh it'll be interesting to see how they use that and and him and you know if if that's a good fit what do you think about it
1: yeah well he's not coming until after this draft so i assume he'll be whispering in their ear i mean i'm assuming they've got him on speed dial but i don't think it's going to affect this draft i joked when they got him that they now they weren't going to trade the seventh pick but that was more an homage to him than serious you know.
0: You're not wrong in that, though. When you bring someone in like this and you have a, a pick that's decently high, you got to wonder a little bit if if that changes the direction.
1: I, I, you know, I think that he's helping with other... Now, here's where I could see it helping, maybe. And again, he's not going to be on the payroll till after the draft, so there's only so much he can do. But if the Blazers were to trade down, say, for a lower pick uh, and a player or a couple of picks or something like that, he could help. Obviously, he could help with his second-round picks as well. But... I think going forward, it's somewhat of an acknowledgement that you know they're they're going to have to lean on the draft if this doesn't work. But also, I mean, it's a PR move, and that's no um no slight to Schmidt. He Schmitz. He is a good PR move. He is the guy who did Draft Express. He was good enough at his analysis uh, and his presentation to get hired at ESPN, which is you know no small feat. Okay. That said, what's the skill set that got him there? Uh, It was not just his draft analysis, but his ability to present it, right? Uh, And we like Mike Schmitz because he has been our draft analyst, the basketball public, for years and years and years. Now, there are dozens of other scouts who have also been doing this and probably doing it nearly as well, but not for the same audience, They're not ours. They don't don't have a website, right? Instead, their audience is general managers. It remains to be seen whether Schmitz is unique uh, among them because of his ability. Uh, He will certainly be able to put together a better video package, (laughs) but can he actually give better recommendations? That remains to be seen. But what did it do for the Blazers? It got them someone who is good, right? And just as importantly, who creates a lot of positive buzz. And I think that's valuable to the franchise right now, because what has there been that's positive? Yeah, I mean, nothing, not even the lottery turned out positive. This is yeah. the first positive thing to happen to the Blazers since last September. So, I mean, Damaged I think that's control. not, that's not yes. insignificant. Now, I'm not saying that's why Schmitz was hired, but I think that's that's the benefit right now that we can point to.
0: Yeah, I I think that there's, I think that that's part of it. I think that at this point they're having to do some damage control because you're right. It's just, it's, I mean, you look at Dame's reaction to getting the seventh pick and it's just like, that's that's all of us right now with the Blazers. We're just kind of shaking our heads and laughing because what the hell else are we going to do? It's It's just, it's almost to the point where we expect for things to not go our way. It's been, it has been, a year and i think that you know that that getting some good news is important every now and then if it's just constant it's like it's like when you tank when you tank a season and you just lose every game you find great you you lost every game but the morale goes down i think you said this even during the season that you gotta win a few here and there to keep people's morale up and not just you know and and i feel like we're kind of like that right now as fans we've got to win a couple here to to keep our morale up or it's going to be really hard to to continue rooting for this team and i think that's kind of what was going on here there's also a lot of talk about selling about the team possibly selling um and and so i think you know looking forward the the future of this team is feels very hanging in the balances, It's just kind of, there's a lot of things up in the air, you know, Damian Lillard, who has, the team has been centered around for so long, there's been rumors off and on about him. And even if he doesn't get traded, you know, how much longer does he have with the team? And, you know, now we have this new coach and we have new uh, new front office and and all these changes that are happening. And then on top of that, you throw out there that, you know, the team is probably gonna go up for sale in the next couple years. Uh, There's just a lot of unknown. And I think that bringing somebody in who's familiar, uh, bringing somebody in that, you know, people seem to like, uh, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it it feels sketchy to be reaching for this. But let's put it this way. Schmitz's upside and ability will be more public- than anyone else in his position relatively in the nba if he does do really well if the blazers draft really well it will be obvious who he is and everybody will be able to celebrate it and everybody cronin and schmitz and his staff will look like geniuses okay and they'll be very public geniuses good uh if it doesn't work it's no loss i mean that's they could have gotten somebody else who didn't work too, you know, and then it would be relatively anonymous, but it will still be blamed on Cronin. That doesn't change. So there's no downside. There's a huge upside. And if he's the guy they want, bingo, uh, I'm, Happy with it. I see no reason to argue with it. Uh, and of course, you know, media, that's the, that's the funny thing, the media exploding, because they know him personally. And because guess what? It looks kind of cool when a media person gets hired by an actual team, because it makes all the people in the media think, ah, oh, you know what? Hey, could be me. Now, Mike Schmitz is fairly unique in that. I don't think that that's, you know, I, I don't think people seriously entertain that. But there's that rub there that, hey, media is legit. So, again absolutely no downsides to this. Let's let's see what he does.
0: Yep. Uh, On the the ownership front, there are rumors about Mackenzie Scott who is the ex-wife of Jeff Bezos. You know, I I I hate any time, you know, there's a woman mentioned who happened to be married to someone famous that they get the label of, you know, the ex-wife of this or wife of this Whatever. That's a little bit of a pet peeve for mine. But to give context, because her name alone may not be so familiar, um, that's who she is. So she obviously, uh, you know, she she's done well for herself. She's a businesswoman, um, and she's you know possibly um, interested in in buying the team. Uh, the truth is, I don't know enough about her to have an opinion. I think the fact that she's his ex shows some judgment that I don't mind. Um, so, you know, she can't be all bad. Um, I like the idea of a woman uh, owning a team. I'm, I'm not sure if there's a majority owner that is a woman as of now in the NBA. I don't know. Um, but that is always a, a cool thing. Um, you know, I, I... I mean,
1: well, Jody Allen.
0: Well... Solid point, Dave. Uh, and, and what I started to say is you really can't get much worse than where we're at, uh, which is not totally true. You definitely can get worse. But I feel like we are not going to get worse. I feel like it's going to be a better situation. Um, so hopefully, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what there is to say about that. I don't know if you maybe know more, but uh, I'm, not, I'm not mad about this from what I do know.
1: Yeah, I mean, super rich people do tend to be uh, private, so right. I, you know, I there's not a, a ton that we would know. It would be interesting to see her motivation, if yeah. or why she's rumored. Even uh, I think, and this is something that the boys and I talked about last week in your absence. We missed you, by the way, uh, but that it is likely that with teams valued so highly that the next evolution of the NBA is going to be the same thing that happened to Las Vegas. It's going to start being owned by corporations. Yeah. Uh, She would be a a possible counter to that. I mean, because she is not a corporation. She's at this point a philanthropist. She was one half of a a corporate team that is among the richest in the world. She's still among the richest people in the world even at that half but she's an individual and i i personally find a little bit of hope in that in that i don't think if ownership becomes homogenized and corporate that that's going to advantage the blazers and i think if she had a passion for it and was able to uh delegate obviously and do all the things that an owner needs to do uh, that that could actually be a real advantage point for the Blazers because they'd have a chance to do something unique. And I think Portland needs to hold on to that. It's also part of Portland's culture, by the way, so that would help. Uh, I, I certainly do not think the Taco Bell KFC Blazers uh, would be better than a team owned by an individual billionaire at this point.
0: Yeah, I agree. And again, it's one of those things that, you know, we'll see as 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 things roll along. I'm sure we'll get more information on that. Um, last thing to, to kind of end it on a fun note, um, we had a quick little blip about Adam Drexler. You know, we've talked about him a couple times here on the show, um, son of Clyde Drexler who, if you're listening to this, I really hope you know who that is because if you do not, we have other issues. Um, but Adam, is uh, he's been playing professionally overseas, came back during COVID, and uh, he was part of the draft pool for the Big Three. Dave, are you familiar with the Big Three at all?
1: I am, but I don't follow it much. So, okay, so I mean. the Big...
0: The, for those that are listening that aren't, uh, the Big Three is, is another one of these leagues that I love, uh, it it kind of feels like a league that my five-year-old son would come up with. There's four-point... Sh- it's half-court basketball, three-on-three. Three. Uh, there's four-point shots. There's fire. There's one-on-one challenges where instead of having a, a foul, uh, the two people... You know, instead of having free throw, the two people that were involved in the foul play one-on-one to see, you know, who gets the ball. It, it, it's just... A beautiful, chaotic mess of a game. I love it. I really, really love it. And and when I say there's fire, there is fire. I got to shoot a few of these games in Vegas last year. And I mean, you could feel the heat from the fire. So um, Clyde Drexler is actually the commissioner of the big three, which is fun. But Adam was in the pool for that. And it's, every team only drafts two players. And I think there's like 12 teams or something like that. 12, I think there's 12 teams. Um, So to get drafted is is a big deal for this because there's a big pool of people that want to play. Most of the players, a lot of the players are fairly well-known. Like last year, Greg Oden was part of it. Um, So it's guys who are not playing, you know, NBA basketball anymore, but maybe want to continue to play or they've played overseas or whatever. Um, And Adam was drafted. He got drafted 14th overall overall. Uh, second pick in the second round, I believe, and went to the aliens, which again, if you're not familiar with the big three, you have no idea who I'm talking about. It's fine. Um, but the kind of cool thing about it to me was that he got drafted 14th, which is the same, uh, the same that his dad was drafted when he was drafted to the NBA, which blows my mind that Clyde Drexler was drafted 14th, by the way. Um, but anyway, so if you are looking for something fun to watch basketball related, Check out the big three. Adam Drexler will be playing. If you are not familiar with Adam, he is a solid guy. He's become a friend of mine. Um, just a really nice human being, uh, and and a really good basketball player. He's he's he he takes after his dad with with the flying through the air and dunking. Um, so he'll be he'll be fun to watch.
1: That'll be awesome. As as you've been talking throughout the podcast, I've been frantically looking through NBA teams seeing if anybody has the power forward and salary ballast and need to consummate a Damian Lillard trade that would make sense if you got Ananobi. Now, I, uh, there are probably some uh, Anthony Simons trades, but they're not. They're actually, this is going to be harder than it looks. There's only one. And I don't know if they do it. There's only one that, that I can find and you're not gonna like it at all at if you all. tell
0: me james harden oh
1: god no no power forward
0: no. <laughs> oh power forward yeah you're talking about Damian lillard that's that's how power forward
1: now. with the right salary, and we're we're assuming we're, let's discount draft picks coming back because i think lillard could be traded for lesser players in a lot of draft picks but that's a whole nother thing right you're not you're, you're then <sighs> you know who it is no it's paul george if they've got Kawhi Leonard coming back and they think that two forward experiment is not going to work uh, and they don't have a real point guard and uh, that would that would leave Simons, Hart, Ananobi, George and Nurkic as the starting lineup. Now, I don't know if that's, I don't know if I like that, but like if we're positive, because there are a lot of people, by the way, there's a reason for doing this. Ever since we first started talking about it, and you remember when we first mentioned this possibility, the reaction was massively negative. But over the last few months, as people have started to get a hold on the numbers and the the stuff, that has shifted that people are now viewing Trading Dame as a viable option. Uh, At least in this case, I'm coming in on your side. At least on this case, it's going to be really hard. If you're looking for an experienced power forward that you can reasonably trade for uh, that makes sense for Lillard, it's, it's almost impossible. That's, that's your one trade that you've got. Uh, so uh, this, I think, is the caveat here that if you're going to talk about trading Lillard, folks, you better talk about rebuilding and draft picks because that's about the thing that makes sense.
0: I don't hate Paul George. I, you know, if you were telling me it was Pat Bev, I would say hell no, but I don't hate, I don't hate Paul George. I think he's a good player. Um, but we're not trading Dame. I, it's clear in, in the moves that are being made. It's clear in the involvement he has with the team. He's not going anywhere. So honestly, it's not even worth talking about to me.
1: Yeah. But in this case, you can't, it's worth knowing that, Basically, you can't. I mean, maybe yeah. someone else, someone else in the comments will come up with another possibility. Probably, but, but you're you're probably closer going, uh, you know, t- sign and trade Anthony Simons for someone like Julius Randall. I don't I don't love that trade just because I don't think that solidifies the defense, but that that's going to be the level that you need to look at, uh, if you want to have a second move after Ananobi. And of course, heart is a viable option too. Like we said, have fun with those folks and uh, begin to toss those around. Uh, anything else, Dia, that we haven't covered?
0: No, I think we're good. I think it's time for me to eat the tacos that are now on my front porch, thanks to Uber Eats and, uh, go to bed.
1: Yeah, Actually, I've, I still
0: have to edit a whole game tonight.
1: 11.45. So. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you're like my early days at Blazer's Edge where I would uh, finish a game. And I was not on the West Coast, by the way. So it was later for me when it finished. So I'd finish a game. I would do like a 2,500-word recap and then turn around and preview the next game on yeah. back-to-backs and it's like oh you know hello two thirty a.m uh i am done and i did this for like years so <laughs> the tricky
0: thing is i have three children that are going to wake up at six o'clock in the morning yeah
1: so. i did that maybe yeah, early uh, morning for me yay that's fun well thank you for joining us and <laughs> we know this was a short one uh some of the off-season ones are going to be shorter as we get closer to the draft and get more solid prospects there we will lengthen out But until then, uh, we thank you for joining us for Dia Miller. I'm Dave Deckard. We will see you next
0: week. A hater sees an opening down the lane. Moves towards the hoop. But then Dia comes out of nowhere to swap the shot attempt away. Saying, get that weak stuff out of here. Dave scoops up the loose ball. Now it's a fast break the other way with Dia. She's flying down the court. Dave sends her an alley She jams it. Boom, shakalala. Cloud is on his feet saluting Diaz, I tell you, if she isn't the rookie of the year, they really ought to just stop giving the award, what a talent!